There was no football this weekend, no NFL, no college, not even an obscure bowl game, but they're still recruiting. It's all we got. It's all we need. I'm Josh Newberg, and this is the Inside Scoop. We're going to talk some Monday morning intel with national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman. Let's get right to it. Our Monday morning intel today, we're hitting on five-star linebacker Sammy Brown, four-star cornerback Marcellus Williams, four-star running back James People, four-star offensive lineman Max Anderson, and four-star wide receiver Parker Livingston. I'm going to get right into it with linebacker Sammy Brown. He's the number one linebacker in America out of Jefferson, Georgia. Looks like he's locked in a Clemson official visit. This is according to our own Chad Simmons. Sammy Brown will be visiting Clemson in June. It's the first official, official visit that he's locked in. UGA has been considered the favorite for the top linebacker in the state of Georgia. He was actually at UGA's second national championship celebration. That was the last time he was in Athens. The six foot, two and a half, 225 pound linebacker kind of has one of these battleground recruitments going on. We see, you know, he's an in state prospect with Georgia, but Clemson has been recruiting him. He has a great relationship with Dabo Sweeney, and it's shaping up to do, be a two team battle. Now, Ohio State will and should get an official visit this summer. We'll see if they can kind of get into this recruitment. Tennessee also knocking on Sammy Brown's door. But right now, we look at the top of the RPM, the recruiting prediction machine here at On3. You have Clemson surging ahead with 35.8%. Georgia sitting second at 17.6%. Tennessee, 9.2%. Now, these are numbers before the visits take place. We'll see if the RPM changes as Brown takes some more visits. Let's move on to four-star corner Marcellus Williams out of California, the number 73 overall prospect in the fifth best corner in America. He goes six foot, 175 pounds. He's a USC legacy. His brother Max plays corner there. So naturally, you see UCLA and USC at the top of his RPM early on. I say early on. Because Oklahoma is heavily involved here. They keep recruiting, recruiting him, and they're going to get him on campus next month. When the dead period ends on March 1st, we expect Marcellus Williams to take some visits. But on March 25th, he's locked in an official visit to Oklahoma. This is something we got to watch. We just got to follow the visits here. Now, of course, we think Marcellus Williams is going to stay in state. But USC, Oklahoma, and Texas are emerging as front runners. He's going to trim his list this spring before making a summer decision, sometime in the summer, before his senior year. Marcellus Williams wants to come off the board. Now let's move into the state of Texas, and this is where we bring in Sam Spiegelman. Four-star running back James Peoples. He's sitting there at number 97 overall and the sixth best running back in the country. Tell us what you learned on Peoples over the weekend. Yeah, one of the more uh, coveted running backs from coast to coast. One of the more dynamic backs as a runner, but also in the passing game. And he's got his his list of suitors. He's been a top priority for Texas and Oklahoma. And those are the two schools that have recruited him the most. They got him on campus the most. He's, he lives in San Antonio. The first visit he's going to take out of the dead period in March is going to be a multi-day visit to Ohio State. From the look of things, Tony Alford and Ohio State have been coming really hard for James Peoples. Um, he's got family in Youngstown, Ohio, and Cleveland, Ohio, um, comes from a military family. So he's not really locked into staying in the state of Texas. 
Um, and this this Ohio State visit, I think, looms really large. They have him at the top of their board among their out-of-state running back targets. And this will be his first time on campus with Tony Alford. Alabama, TCU, Oregon also picking up the conversation with James Peoples more and more. They're going to get some official visits this spring and, and really summer. He would like to make a decision, but he's going to take his time, see his out-of-state options. And he knows that, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are only a drive away. And they're also kind of rounding out his top three right now. All right, recruiting fans, I need you to do me a favor real quick. Like this video and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page for all the latest recruiting news and college football. Subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. All right, Sam, four-star offensive lineman Max Anderson goes six foot five, 300 pounds, comes in at number 175 overall. What are you hearing on Max? We know about Max because his older brother, Nate, um, Nate Anderson, uh, was in a similar shoe, shoes, um, a national recruitment back in the 2020 cycle. Nate started his career at tight end. He moved, moved to O-line and ended up getting recruited by Bill Biedenbaugh in Oklahoma. So Max is an Oklahoma legacy, but it feels like the out-of-state programs are beginning to kind of come into play. And it's going to be more of a national recruitment than, than maybe his older brothers. Um, he was just at Oklahoma in January. He said it was, he's probably been to Norman 10 to 15 times, so what Oklahoma has. Yet, you know, I think his interest has been peaked by seeing his offer sheet really kind of, you know, develop in the last couple of months. He's already locked in two visits this spring. He's going to go see Michigan in March. Very impressed by Michigan, getting the, the Joe Moore Award there twice for an offensive lineman. He knows, what, obviously, their success on the field, um, obviously, academically as well. He's also locked in an April visit to go to Oregon. Um, obviously, Oregon just had an offensive line coach change. Um, after mm -hmm. Coach Clem went to the New England Patriots. But the, the GA behind the scenes is from the Dallas area, um, worked really hard to get Max that offer, and he's going to go visit. Um, they've really formed a really great bond with Oregon along the way. And keep an eye out for Ohio State. Um, they also offered um, Coach Justin Fry was recruiting him at UCLA. Um, when he got to Ohio State, he's probably visited Max, probably one of the, more, one of the most coaches. Taught, probably has seen him amongst the most among coaches in the, in the spring. Um, so that's a, that's a visit that's in the works, hasn't scheduled it yet, but Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, all in play for a, a, an Oklahoma legacy here. Ohio State seems to be coming into the state of Texas and just taking what they want. Winning will do that, huh? But what else <laughs> does Ohio State provide to some of these Texas athletes? A lot of, you know, when kids leave the state of, of Texas and they have success, no one has done it better than Ohio State. Look mm -hmm. at Zeke Elliott, look at Garrett Wilson. Um, those were those were big names that left the state and they've had success. Quinn Ewers went to Ohio State, was committed to Texas. It, it's it's a national program. Texas is full of, of skill position players. Um, so there's there's just there's just too many for just Texas and TCU it's a big and, state. and AM. It's a big state and there's a lot of elite players. You know, even in a in a down year, there's there's so many blue chip players in that state. So Ohio State, you know, they're very particular. Jackson Smith and Jigba, how am I forgetting this this um one of my favorites of the years? Um, it's, it's the way that they recruit as well. Um, you know, Brian Hartline is kind of front and center, but, but beyond that, multiple coaches on that staff have been really, um, great in developing those relationships. If you're going to go out of the state of Texas, you better have a good relationship to lean on. And the Buckeyes have done that at a really high level in the state of Texas. All right. Moving on to four-star wide receiver, Parker Livingstone. He's six foot four, 190 pounds. Now he's ranked number 290, but I watched his film. I mean, really long, can go up and get it, compete for balls. Is his recruitment on the rise right now? 
Absolutely. Um, I saw him in his last regular season game of the season and, um, you know, he was on my radar, but I was, I was, it was one of the better performances of, a, of an in-game evaluation of, of my entire fall at that position. And his recruitment has taken off. Steve Sarkeesian was at that game that I was at. Um, they've had an offer on the table. He visited Texas last month. Spent time talking to Arch Manning, which might be important if he picks Texas. He also spent time talking to Colton Vasek, who you and I have talked about, a guy that was committed to OU and flipped to Texas later in his recruitment state in state. Parker has just coming off that visit to Texas, but he's going to go visit some, some national programs over the next few months. He's got family from the state of Michigan. Um, they're big Michigan fans, and he has a, a Michigan offer. He's been recruited by Michigan for almost a year at this point, so they're going to go visit Ann Arbor. His grandparents are coming. His aunts and uncles are coming. It's a big visit for Parker and his family. It's Don't always get me a good wrong. sign. Watch where Grandma goes on these recruiting trips. <laughs> right. She's not going there for, for no good reason. They're going to head to South Carolina. We know that South Carolina just signed Nicholas Harbor. Um, and we know what kind of, you know, freakish alien athletic ability that Nicholas has. Well, Parker, you talked about a six foot four, you know, 200 pounds with vertical, vertical and ball skills. They really like how he fits. And, and South Carolina is a team with really strong Texas ties with Shane Beamer and Justin Stepp. Yeah. And they like the role that Parker could fit there. And that's really intrigued Parker and his family. Um, LSU offered last week on his birthday, his teammate, four-star wide receiver, Kyle Parker is an early enrollee at LSU. So they're going to get a visit and then watch out for Texas A&M. Like I said, he just visited Texas, but A&M has since offered and has been coming really hard amongst the in-state programs. James Coley is leading that charge. And they also like the freakish six foot four, 200 pounds with, with track speed to get downfield to compete for balls. And, and this recruitment, I think going to pick up really quickly. Uh, with one of the best pass catchers from the state of Texas. Yeah, and we're about to see a lot of recruitments pick up really quickly because the dead period's about to end on March 1st, and these guys can go out and take visits. Sam, thanks for bringing the Monday morning intel to the inside scoop. We'll talk to you soon. Matt Rule might still be decorating his office at Nebraska, but the one thing he's wasted no time doing is recruiting. When Matt Rule was hired at Nebraska at the end of November, he was able to finish 29th overall in recruiting, 11 spots better than the year before when the Cornhuskers finished 40th under Scott Frost in 2022. 2023 is in the books, but 2024 is Matt Rule's first full cycle to recruit, and the importance of this year's class cannot be understated. Let's bring on Nebraska insider Sean Callahan from Husker Online. Sean, the 2024 cycle is almost a month in, so it's time to talk about Nebraska's most important 2024 targets. Starting at the top with the number one, number one, Dylan Rayola, the number one player overall and the number one quarterback in the country. Then we have five-star defensive lineman Williams Winnery at number 10. Four-star tight end Carter Nelson checks in at 179 overall. Four-star offensive tackle Andrew Sprague at 186. And then you have Grant Bricks. What a name for a, for a potential Nebraska offensive lineman. Grant Bricks at number 291, although on three has him considerably higher than the consensus at 122. So, Sean, naturally, let's start at the top. What's going on with Dylan Rayola in Nebraska? Well, yeah, he, he's a household name around the state. He's a household name in a lot of places right now, but – you know, Nebraska's got a lot of things going for them here. Number one is uncle uh, Donovan Raiola was retained by Matt Rule on the staff. And obviously his father, Dominic Raiola, played for Nebraska, has a love for this program. 
And, you know, the, the relationship with the Scott Frost staff just never was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has changed with Matt Rule. Um, they, they really worked hard at it. Uh, they saw him three times in January over that 17-day period where you could be out. So they were out there once with Coach Rule right away, another time with the offensive coordinator, and then the final time they brought the entire staff out there except Coach Rule, who was only allowed to go the one time. So they, they're all in, and they're going to get Dylan Riola on campus uh, for a March 25th weekend visit, and that's going to be a huge weekend for Nebraska. He visits Georgia the week before that. Um, and I think the question with, with Raiola is what is the timeline? Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to be a early spring guy or is he going to take this thing well into Memorial day weekend, which is late as you know, for quarterbacks. Oh yeah. Well, he's already made one decision. So the second one could come a little bit quicker. Although, you know, talking to Chad Simmons, it seems like it's going, going to go into the summer, but like you said, with these quarterbacks, they end up coming off the board kind of early. Uh, when you're talking about rebuilding a roster, quarterback is obviously the number one spot to rebuild the roster, but also the trenches. And you got Matt Rule is recruiting five-star defensive lineman Williams Winery very hard, number ten overall in the number two defensive lineman in America. He's six foot six, two fifty. What's going on between him and Nebraska right now? Yeah, Winery will be in Lincoln March 25th as well that weekend, and on three has him, I believe, number three in our overall top 100. Yeah. And Raiola is the number one. So talk about a weekend. The one and the three in the top 100 are going to be on campus together. Uh, But Kansas City is two and a half to three hours from Lincoln. Um, So it is a prime area to get prospects. I mean, in the heyday of Nebraska, they could go down to Kansas City and get these kinds of players pretty easily Mm because Missouri and K-State and KU just weren't at the level of Nebraska. But now you've got a lot of SEC teams that recruit Missouri because of the Tigers being in the SEC Um, So there's obviously a ton of competition, uh, but the fact that they're going to get him on campus uh, here on that March 25th weekend with Riola here, I I just think there's so much potential for Nebraska uh, when you can have that many high profile players visiting here together in March. What a weekend. All right, moving on to four-star tight end Carter Nelson, one of the top tight ends in the country, number seven, the seventh ranked tight end in the country. He's six foot four. 250 pounds. Why is he so important in Nebraska's 24 class? Well, he's the top guy in the state, and his ranking is going to continue to go up. Mm -hmm. Um, He received an Alabama offer on Thursday, and Nick Saban told him that it was the first time in his coaching career that he has ever watched eight-man football film. Um, It's really remarkable. I'm I'm sure you've never watched eight-man football film. I did this morning. So, yeah, Carter Nelson, I think what jumps off the page with him, though, it's not the film because you can't really evaluate eight-man football film because he's the biggest guy in the field, the fastest yeah. guy. It's his track. He's a seven-foot high jumper at 6'4", 215. He's a 13'8 pole vaulter. He runs the 100-meter dash in 11 flat, the 200 in the low 22s, and he throws a discus 175. Um, so he is a just a phenomenal athlete. You won't find a guy anywhere – arguably in the world that has his size that can pole vault. In fact, they're going to have a hard time finding a pole for him this year that can lift him because, you know, they're, they're weighted by your weight. And I, I think getting a pole that can carry a 215 pound guy, um, you know, that, that's not easy to find because there aren't that many pole vaulters over 200 pounds anywhere. Yeah. And I did watch Carter's film this morning and had to like do the, I had to count to make sure I wasn't missing some guys. And then I realized that it was eight on eight. Uh, but his athleticism, 
is boundless. I mean, he plays quarterback, defensive line, tight end, wide receiver, does it all. He's, he's going to be a big-time prospect, I can tell. Moving on, four-star offensive tackle Andrew Sprague, number 186 overall. He's six foot eight, 270 pounds. Yeah, another Kansas City area guy, and Matt Rule went down there and saw him in January. Um, he's been a priority name from really the previous staff as well. He's at Rockhurst, which that's a prestigious program in Kansas City that's put out a lot of players. Um, they have a Nebraska connection to that staff. Kelly Dunahoe, uh, the head coach of Rockhurst, is from O'Neill, Nebraska, originally, which is actually pretty close to where Carter Nelson's from. Um, but there's just a common connection there. He coached a few former Husker players, Khalil and Carlos Davis, when they were at another high school in Missouri. So he's very familiar with Nebraska and in the program. But, um, you know, Sprague's going to get a lot of attention. Um, they've had him on campus multiple times. Can they get him up here again? Um, he's keeping things close to the vest. I, I did mention Carter Nelson as well. He's keeping it very close to the vest. You would think guys like Nelson are a slam dunk for Nebraska. It's still not. We don't really have that feel yet. And I think Sprague is very much in that same camp, not doing very many interviews, kind of really showing his hand um, on what's going on with the recruiting process. Next up, we got four-star offensive lineman Grant Bricks. Great name for a Nebraska offensive lineman if he ends up there. Checks in at 291 overall in the consensus. But Charles Power here at On3, he's the director of scouting and rankings, has him at 122 overall, six foot six, 255 pounds. Can Nebraska lock him down? I think they're in a good spot with Grant Bricks. And, you know, he's an Iowa kid, but he's really more of a Nebraska guy because Logan Magnolia is on the border of Nebraska. It's Western Iowa. So we flood them with Nebraska TV stations, radio, media coverage. So where he lives, it's almost more Nebraska than Iowa. Um, and Matt Rule went there, watched him wrestle. He's an extremely lean kid. You really, I really like his body makeup has a ton of room to kind of grow the right way. And sometimes that's what you want. You'd rather have a kid that's like 260 that, you know, you can put the 40 pounds on the right way. Uh, where you know, very few high school kids carry 300 the right mm -hmm. way. Um, so I think Nebraska loves his athletic ability, his toughness, and he is no doubt a priority guy, arguably the number one guy right now in the state of Iowa. Nebraska fans, I need you to do me a favor. Before I ask Sean who is the most important recruit for Nebraska in 2024, go ahead and like this video and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. Uh, we appreciate it. Now, Sean, the big question is to you, who is the most important recruit for Nebraska in 24? Well, it's without a doubt Dylan Raiola. I, I think when you look at just him overall, what it would mean, it would change the program. I mean, I think a lot of people – around the country would shake their head like how they pull this off. Well, they've got the connection there with his dad playing here, his uncle on the staff. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things they have going for them. And it would almost make up for some of the quarterback mistakes they've had in recent years. I mean, this is a program that's turned down Joe Burrow twice. He wanted to come here in high school. They turned him down and then he ended up going to Ohio state. Nebraska was Joe Burrow's dream school. And when he left Ohio state, he wanted to come here and uh, they didn't have a spot for him. Um, and then Max Duggan, you know, they kind of backed off of him and he's right over the river in Council Bluffs, Iowa. So uh, this would be a nice, uh, nice mulligan for the, some of the recent quarterback blunders Nebraska's had um, to be able to pull a guy like Dylan Raiola that could almost change your program overnight. Oh, yeah, it could definitely affect the trajectory of Matt Rule's tenure at Nebraska by landing the number one quarterback would just be 
What a way to start. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. But last Thursday, Matt Rule spoke to J.D. Piquel when he was on the hard count, which airs live on Tuesdays and Thursdays, about how he sells Nebraska to recruits here. Listen to the clip. If I'm a recruit watching this on YouTube or however I'm watching this, what is the pitch for you to get them to come to Lincoln and be a part of what you're building? Well, I think if they come here, um, it's a program that wakes up every day saying, hey, how can we make these guys better? Uh, you know, I was in the NFL. I had guys coming into me from all different places. I've seen a, a lot of programs, man. It's what can what can you do for the program? And our program is more about what can the program do for you. Um, doesn't mean that we make it all about you, man. We're gonna we're gonna hold you to a high standard, but we're we're gonna make sure you're the best that you can be academically, athletically. We want our guys to graduate. We want our guys to have great jobs afterwards. We want them to get master's degrees. We also want them to win championships. You know, be all Americans, get drafted, play in the NFL. Um, that's all we care about. I mean, I've coached enough by now after 10 years, I'm really only here for the players. And so guys that want that, they want that, they want that love and that support, but also that accountability and standard, uh, this is the right place for them. I like what he said there, quote, it's not about what you can do for the program. It's about what the program can do for you. So Sean, what are Matt rules expectations for where the 2024 class should finish this cycle? Yeah, I mean, I think if you get a guy like Raiola, easily a top 15 level class. You know, mm -hmm. it's really hard for Nebraska to get top 10 classes just for a lot of reasons. But, you know, they have the fewest amount of four and five stars within 500 miles of any school in the Power Five. Um, so that's a challenge for Nebraska to, to have access to these players. But if you get a Raiola in this class and some of these other names we mentioned, all of a sudden that would slot Nebraska up. Um, and I think they can contend in the top 15. They still don't have a commit yet either. And I, I know their number, they don't plan to obviously take as many guys as they took this past year. Mm -hmm. uh, they took a record haul of prospects in 2023 from the portal and then the high school ranks. Um, I know that number is going to be smaller. So what will that number be? Will it push into the low 20s? Will it be in the high teens? Like that will be something else to kind of follow what they want to do with just that overall class size. Because if you get a guy like Raiola, I think there's going to be a lot of players that would want to come to Nebraska and be a part of this class. Oh, yeah. He could be the Pied Piper of five stars on their way to Nebraska. It's just, it's almost that easy. All you got to do is land the number one recruit in America, Sean. It's it's almost that easy. <laughs> and they've got all the connections. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the, the, the ability to have direct access, even during dead periods, they can, you know, have his uncle can have contact with him. And, and yeah. they can technically come visit his uncle and Lincoln. So they, they've got a lot of things going for them. Um, it's just a matter of, can they gain that trust from the Riola family that this is the, the place that he wants to be? Cause he's obviously got Georgia USC. Uh, there's other programs like Penn state that are kind of knocking on the door, but Georgia and, and, and USC continue to be the other teams I think in play right now. Yeah. All right. Last question I got for you. I know he's only been on campus for three or four months, but what's the main difference that you see between Matt Rule and Scott Frost on the recruiting trail? Um, I, I just think level of detail um, and, and just his presence at things. Matt Rule's everywhere. I, I've been around Nebraska a long time and mm -hmm. just his ability to go out and make the rounds and be everywhere. I mean, he, he just has a constant presence um, and it's not just like with football, like he's at all the other sporting events, like he's going to tennis events to watch Nebraska women's tennis. He's going 
to wrestling. He's going to gymnastics. When I was leaving the basketball game with my family, I ran into his family last night and we talked in the lobby of the Pinnacle Bank Arena. I mean, and he just gets it. I mean, he he has just a drive about him that we haven't really seen uh, from a head coach because Scott Frost just that wasn't his personality. Mike Riley was an older coach, just didn't have that kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Bo Pelini was more get off my lawn style guy. Just didn't, Definitely. you know, his style worked. He won a lot of games here, but yeah. just totally different. I mean, the last time Nebraska's had a coach that was this organized with attention to detail and running the program was Bill Callahan. And Bill Callahan brought a lot of talent here. He just had one bad year and politically wasn't protected in the grand scheme of it um, to get out of the 2007 collapse they had. Uh, but Rule is really pushing all the right buttons with how he's running the program. Now, will that translate on Saturdays? That That's the big question. All right, Sean. Well, you got your pulse on all things Nebraska. It'll be fun to follow Nebraska recruiting throughout the offseason. We'll have you back on the inside scoop soon. Thanks, Sean. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me. And remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.